Salute. Slancha. Cheers. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio on Talk Radio 570 KBI. Sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country's Passport Weekend. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and events with your guide, master of mixology, and Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. So sit back and get ready to stir it up. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on 570-KBI. That's right, it's Happy Hour in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, Advanced Sommelier, your Commodore of Cocktails, Master Mixologist, and Weekend Wine Guy. I've got a great lineup today uh, for our show number 12. We've been on the air for 12 weeks. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. If you'd like to play along at home, you can check out our website. Uh, it's happyhourradio.net. And if you have a question, shoot us an email to ask at happyhourradio.net. Uh, I'm excited to have uh, an old friend in, uh, two old friends. Um, uh, Jeff Cox is the wine guy at PCC Natural Markets, and he's in studio today. going to tell us uh, how to get our natural market wine groove on Uh at PCC. He's the wine guy. He's got an interesting story. Um, you should check out his bio. I don't know if you got a, it's online or not, Jeff. But uh, Also here is David LeClaire, uh, the wizard of wine, I'm told. Uh, I am the commodore of cocktails, and David is the wizard of wine. David LeClaire with Seattle Uncorked, uh, the instigator, initiator, founder of Wine World Warehouse and Spirits, and has gone on to even bigger and better things since then. And later on the show is Monsieur Frederic Benioris of Champagne Renoir. Uh, we're going to talk about Champagne, some Rosé, and uh, some Histoire. Uh, maintenant, uh, Monsieur Jeff Cox, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks, Christopher. Happy to be here. Always told in the past that I had a face that was made for radio, and here I am. You do. Congratulations. Thank you. That's very nice of you. <laughs> we all do. That's why we're in the studio. Isn't that right, Kevin? Here uh, on Happy Hour Radio. So, PCC Natural Markets, uh, you're probably celebrating your 20th year about now? I have been there for about 15, and PCC has actually been in business since 1953. Oh, okay. So that would be 60. <laughs> I can't years. count that high. 61 years. <laughs> well, cool. Um, I remember, well, PCC was very small. It was certainly the co-op way back then, but I know when they came on board in the mid-'80s, they had sort of renewed their commercial uh, presence in the marketplace with, you know, new stores, new signs, and uh, a new—I used to have a PCC card. I mean, those were the days. And you uh, have a great background in wine, reading your bio. You've been uh, tasting wine for a long time. Um, How did you end up in wine, and what drew you to wine? You know, um, remember the old Rex's Delis here in Seattle? No, I don't. Tell me where that was. Um, It was up on Broadway. So I went to work there back in the early 80s, and um, Rex was the wine buyer at those stores and mighty busy, and I had an interest in wine that I developed while I was kind of screwing around playing piano in France. And uh, came back and saw this opportunity and got interested, started going to tasting, started buying the wine for that shop and uh, migrated to doing one day a week with Jay and Dan at the old McCarthy and Sharing oh, store yeah. in Ravenna. Uh-huh. And uh, 
went to Beverly Hills and sold wine for a while, and the rest, as they say, and that was just history. champagne and uh, what were they drinking in Beverly Hills? In Beverly Hills, the beverage of choice back then was Dom Perignon. Dom Perignon. That was kind of the house champagne at the wine merchant. Wow. Oh, so you were at a store, actually, a wine cellar, the wine right. merchant? Exactly. Very cool. What year did you start at the, the Rex Deli? That would have been back in about 84. 1984, rock and roar. Yeah, right. That was a good year. Um, and so you started uh, with PCC Markets. Um, were you always in the retail side, or did you uh, do a couple other wine projects? Were you on the street selling the portfolio? or? Yeah, I, uh, I did a wholesale stint back in the late 80s for Clarion Imports, which is a distributor that's since gone away. And then uh, worked for a while even as a warehouse manager and a truck driver for Grape Expectations for a couple of years. Right on. So you're so, well-versed in all aspects. Yeah, I can drive a hand truck and <laughs> <laughs> operate a course. With one hand and, even, I'm yeah. sure, huh? <laughs> Very cool. We got skills. So um, PCC Natural Markets, tell me about what's the philosophy behind uh, their departments um, in general, or specifically, for specifically our wine. wine. I mean, wine. You do wine and beer. And I know that we're going to talk about the the quite the fine uh, labels you've produced for some of your uh, selections. But tell me what the philosophy was when before you got there, and, and how you because you're the leader of the PCC wine department, right? Right. Yeah. Correct. So tell us um, your philosophy on wine. Be, before I got to PCC, we had I think six stores at that point in time, and. And they sort of operated independently. It was kind of catch as catch can. Then I came on board, and we kind of saw the opportunity to get everybody on the same page. Oh, yeah. And not being huge wine departments and not, you know, hence not able to have everything, we decided, well, we've got to, we've got to figure out who we're going to be and, and unify around that. So we decided that what we were going to be about was quality, character, and value. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of expensive wine out there in the world. Our customers tend to be somewhat thrifty. So we decided we're going to give them great wine, but we're going to give them a great value. You should be able to walk into our stores, drop $10, $12, and get some super, super wine. Um, and then beyond that, quality, you know, that's part of value. And then character, we want the wine to reflect the place it comes from. If it comes from France, if it comes from the Rhone Valley, we want it to taste like the Rhone. If it comes from Chianti, we want it to taste like Chianti. And it comes from Washington, we want it to taste like Washington. Um, so the, those are sort of the three basic principles that we operate on. And uh, um, rather than having a huge collection of wine, we have a selection of wine, and we want our customers to feel that we've done put, put a fair bit of, of effort into making the selection for them and being able to be trusted. Well, that's great. I, and I really appreciate the opportunity to, to share the story about PCC and the, and the philosophy behind it. Because I've, I've walked into PCC. I live in West Seattle. I've been into the stores. And the, the wine department was always, um, I will say, surprising because you, you weren't the... Uh, the discount shelves of all these other values we see. You weren't big on California and all the plethora of those wines. But even Washington, you had a little bit of everything. And wines that were um, slightly esoteric, and I think that's where you get the character from, because esoteric is really about character in those instances, because nobody knows where the wine's from. But in an instance, you brought a special wine from uh, Saint-Chinien, and uh, well, I'm curious about the character of that wine. But it's really neat to hear that you have a philosophy and that you're following it, right. because I think it's reflective of 
what I, my experience at PCC. Dave, you've been to PCC stores? I have been many times. Lived right around the corner in Green Lake. Yeah, and that was a cool store. And you're right, the the, the customer, the the market demographic there, um, they love a lot of things with character. I'll say whether it's the the, the grains, the organic, the farm, farm to table kind of philosophy. And it's interesting how PCC has evolved from when it became new on the scene as a uh, alternative to all of the big grocery store chains that were just pumping out the same stuff with a different label and, you know, corporate brands came this, hey, we've got, we're sourcing local, we're sourcing organic, and um, now I get the, the idea behind the wine scene, which is cool. And you brought a wine here. Tell us about the wine you brought. You brought two, actually. Tell us about the first one. Uh, let's start with the Chinook, the um, Yakima Valley Red. Um, we've, we've been friends with Kay and Clay for many years, and they've been affiliated with a project called Long Live the Kings, which is a local nonprofit <laughs> organization that is dedicated to preserving and saving habitat for wild steelhead and salmon. Um, and Kay and Clay asked us if we would like to participate in a project where we'd blend some wine. And for every bottle sold, $2 goes to Long Live the Kings. So you get to do a good thing, drink great wine, and save some salmon in the process. And um, very typical of, of what Kay is doing, just very pretty wine. It's not over the top, not over rich, not over wooded. Um, bright, fresh fruit, blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, and Merlot. Yeah, yeah, I love Kay and Clay, and of course, those two uh, are celebrating their 30th year, I believe, in Washington recently, or just about now, I if think not so, yeah. already, and she got her start as uh, an ologist and winemaker for Chateau Saint-Michel, right. like many in our industry these days, which is great, the godmother of godfather, I guess, godmother <laughs> of our, our industry. Um, at the Long of the Kings is something I, I've actually known about, uh, living in West Seattle and being a fisherman for many years, and um, knowing the, the derbies, and, and there's a lot of uh, support for this um, this style of, well, this, I don't call it a charity, but this uh, this thrust of environmental thrust, we'll say. And go figure, Chinook Winery, of course you have to be involved with salmon, right? <laughs> right. It's kind of a no-brainer. Chinook and Chinook and... Yeah, and I've never seen this particular label. Is this a special label just to your store? Exactly. Uh, um, we work with a graphic designer named Angela Knightley, who actually used to work for us, who put these labels together. And as you can see, it's very similar to the the regular Chinook label, but in, instead of the grapes in the bowl, there's a there's a big yeah, Chinook a big out yeah, of, big humpy. Yeah, <laughs> with the, the crooked nose. Uh, speaking with Jeff Cox here, who is the wine guy for PCC Natural Markets. He's the gentleman who has uh, crafted and branded the the wine departments in all the stores. And you've got about eight or nine stores now? Nine stores nine with store. a tenth opening in a month. Yeah, and uh, great locations, of course, Fremont, Green Lake, Kirkland, Redmond, West Seattle, my neighborhood. And where do you live? I live in Ballard. Ballard. So one's at the tenth location? No, the tenth location is going to be by Green Lake. Remember Holy where the smokes. old Vitamilk plant was? I do. Yeah, that was a hole in the ground for years and years. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that, that's going to be a really cool new uh, residential and retail complex. Wow, that's uh, that's a lot. That's the new style of grocery store meets community meets residence right. and. 
Um, how fun is that? And uh, you brought another wine here, and when we come back from uh, our break in a little bit, we're going to chat about that wine. But I want to jump into David LeClaire. David, you've been tasting wine for a long time, and tell us what you think about this particular wine, the Chinook. Uh, well, Jeff, this is called Chinook Chinook. What's the name of this wine? Uh, Chinook, what are we calling that? Long Live the King's Red. Long Live the King's Red. Okay, David, tell me, give me your feedback on this wine. Well, first of all, I, I thought it was delicious. And uh, sometimes when I've tried some of Kay's Reds, I find them to be a little bit more structured than this. So this seemed a little softer and a little smoother and a little bit more like your everyday kind of wine and doesn't need to necessarily be put down and aged. So it's probably what its intention is. What's the retail on this? $17. Yeah, it's tasty. And this must, is this a non-vintage? Yeah, it's... um. They've got a, a a nice selection of wines in tank, and yeah. by you do, going non-vintage with this, it allows us to kind of pull from what's there in the winery to put together the best possible blend. Well, I, I figured that out because you got the generous mouthfeel, but you do have structure. And I know uh, Chinook Wines in the past, her style is, we'll say, I don't say the austere style, but has been more structured with a higher acidity. And, of course, that's mm-hmm. Yakima Valley fruit. That's where she gets her fruit. But this right. is really tasty because you got generosity in the front. And length in the back, mm. and it's uh, there's a lot of flavor in this wine. Yeah, I really like it. I think my only challenge with uh, non-vintage wines is when you change batches. There's no way of knowing it's now a new batch. So what I would appreciate is if there was some little designation of you know release one, release two. Right. Uh, so in future, you know, when you go to pick up another <laughs> bottle, it all of a sudden you go, well, "Am I losing my mind?" But this seems so different. Uh, a lot of non-vintage wines aren't really calling out that they're you know a different. It'll kind of batch. Jeff, you need to tell us when that wine's going to spawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's yeah. speaking with Jeff Cox with PCC Natural Markets and David LeClaire, the wine wizard with Seattle Uncorked, here on Happy Hour Radio. When we come back, we're going to jump into a wine with character and a wine which is quite the fine on Happy Hour Radio. The term dining experience is thrown around a lot lately. See if you think this one measures up to the billing. Four distinct venues, five extraordinary dishes, eight Washington wines, and three renowned chefs cooking, demonstrating, and pairing it all. Whatever you choose to call it, it's one extraordinary evening. Cellars and Skillets, a progressive dining tour through the heart of Woodinville Wine Country. Saturday, May 3rd. Reserve your experience at woodinvillewinecountry.com. Time for another round. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio, Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country's Passport Weekend. Here's Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. And welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I am your weekend wine guy, your Seattle sommelier. Here in studio with Jeff Cox of PCC Natural Markets. He's the uh, the wine guy for their nine stores around the Puget Sound. And my friend David LeClaire, the wizard of wine. He's, uh, we're going to be chatting up about wine, wine events, and well, a lot more. Um, Jeff, that Chinook wine, the Long Live the King's Red, was really tasty. And you have another wine here which has a cool sticker called, or it says, Quite the Fine. Tell us about that. Quite the Fine is a symbol of a whole collection of wines we've put together. Um, It started out about probably seven or eight years ago. I went on a little trip to France, 
and found stuff that wasn't imported to the U.S. and kind of thought, well, I'd like that. Um, so I figured out how to get it here, and it did very well. So we just kept doing that, and um, we're working with about 20 French wineries now and several in Spain and a few in Italy, and we're going over making the introductions, making the connection, finding the wine, bringing them back, and uh, um, it allows us to offer a lot better price and a lot better value to our customers. And So you're doing direct import? Essentially, yeah. Uh-huh. We have an importer clear it for us. Um, That's so and, fun. And quite fine just tells you it's one of those things, and um, it's a personal relationship that we have with people, and which makes it extra fun. And So um, you get to travel to, to Europe and source these wines. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. A, I like that. So the wine you poured for me, tell us about this particular wine. Okay, this comes from Saint-Chignan, which is in the Languedoc, um, probably one of the most beautiful but, but least known areas of France. Um, in the past, the Languedoc was it, what was sort of known as the wine lake of Europe. There, there are some flat plains where you could get incredible yields from your grapes. And as that sort of consumption fell off, a lot of the people who had worked for these huge producers um, had, had little plots of vineyards in the hills, which is where you get the real quality. And the Languedoc is starting to get on the map because people are just making some incredible stuff up there. This is a couple named Nadia and Cyril Bourne. He uh, worked at Chateau Lynchbage for a while and then at Chateau de Fusal for eight years. Um, and you can really see that sort of elegance, that sort of structure in the way he makes his wines. And um, a- as is the case with the, most of the wines we search out, it really bears the imprint of that region. We like to think that if you drink the wines from any one of these regions, you could go there, step out of your car, sniff the breeze, and say, oh, yeah, I've been there. I've I've drunk this place before. That includes Washington. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Well, it is delicious, and you're right. There's a certain elegance to this. David, what do you think about this wine? Well, I actually think this is a super refined wine for that part of the world. And and that part of the world, I think, is one of my favorites only in the sense of um, there's not a lot of rules. Uh, A lot of other places in France are very structured about how they are going to do what they're going to do. And then secondly, you know, this wine seems to me just really elegant. And I wouldn't expect that from that area because sometimes it's a little scrappy, a little rustic. And, you know, you never quite know what you're going to get right. into. and could be a lot of tannin. This seems a very polished and a pretty, pretty classy wine. It is a very polished wine. And I do agree it's classy, which is interesting because give us the sapage, the grape varieties in this blend. This is made on a base of Carignan, about 40% Carignan with the balance being Grenache. Syrah and Mourved. And those are um, some fantastic grapes that we rarely see um, from France that are ready to drink and so polished this early. This is a 2011, and right. it's, it's, it's really pretty wine. And his wines tend to, tend to age very well, too, but um, it's certainly just gorgeous right out of the chute. And this wine has literally only been in the country for two weeks now. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. You so heard it here first. just settled down a little bit. Or you tasted it here first on Happy yeah. Hour Radio. Uh, speaking with Jeff Cox of PCC Natural Markets, he's the self-proclaimed wine guy that's on his card. Wine guy, PCC Natural Markets. So I invite you to go uh, to any of their nine stores around the Puget Sound and check out their, um, it's really a boutique wine shop is really what, what oh, I kind of get the feeling of the, the layout. You've got great finds and great values. And what are the value on this wine? Where's this price? Sixteen fifty. Yeah, this is this is a stunner. I can't believe Thank you, you didn't. Did you decant this? Come on now. Tell <laughs> I didn't. You didn't. 
Wow, that's a great trick. So uh, can we find these wines on your website? Uh, we have a website that has sort of a rotating selection of, of, of what's current and new. And, uh, but this wine is available in all our stores, and um, everything isn't there all the time. It's sort of like the produce department. You don't sure. always... Yeah, uh, seasonal. You know, exactly. That's cool, because you want it to be fresh. They say some stores, grocery stores aren't seasonal. Mostly aren't. Right. They're like, you see the same... XYZ, you know, Sonoma County or whatever it is, or Lodi. Anyway, um, so fun. I'm glad we had a chance to talk and uh, understand the philosophy behind PCC's wine department and the man behind it, Jeff Cox. Thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks for having me here. So um, I want you to stick around because we want to talk to David LeClaire, the wine wizard, the man behind Seattle Uncorked. Um, you probably, everybody knows David LeClaire, which is great because... If I'm talking to somebody, they say, oh, do you know David LeClaire? <laughs> David LeClaire, welcome to Happy Hour Radio. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's, uh, you are the man of the people, and um, you have the pulse of, of how charity functions work. And tell us what's going on in your world these days. Well, at the moment, uh, I'm pretty much just focused on uh, producing a lot of different wine and uh, spirits-related events. And so we just did an event actually called um, uh, Meet Your Maker which was kind of fun because the distillery industry here is popping. And we went from nothing five years ago to over 100 distilleries. Now we have over 200 breweries, and now we have over 800 wineries. So this is a kind of a fun time in Washington, happy hour kind of thinking. And now we're about to go legal with weed, so who knows what's well, going to happen. We are legal. So, <laughs> <It's> well, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's so funny. I always thought they should decriminalize it. I, I voted no against that law, to be honest. And I said, you know why? Because we don't need gummy bear THC, you know, because oh, it's the wrong message. Look, I think it's great. Um, if I could spend a year being sedated, I, I probably wouldn't mind to it. Right. <laughs> but uh, it certainly is that is, uh, you have to find the time for both wine, spirits, cocktails, and, of course, our our new recreations, which are to come and are actually already here. So some of the wine events you did, you did a wine event, uh, uh, actually it's happening today, the Chili Cook-Off, right? Yeah, so the Chili Cook-Off was a basically uh, you know, raising money for the Oso uh, uh, victim who uh, lost her family and she just has one kid left, and that was the, the, oh, yeah. the one that got Gosh. plucked by a helicopter. Uh, standing overnight in the mud all night, trapped, you know, kind of interesting. So this woman is um, basically, you know, without a family and without a house. So it's you a little, young girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully President Obama uh, shook her hand while she was there. He was there uh, last Tuesday. And um, uh, Terrible tragedy. And thank you for stepping up to help us uh, uh, support the recovery uh, and the victims there. It's, uh, gosh, biggest story in Washington since Mount St. Helens, and um, it certainly changes uh, the way we think. So um, let's get back to happy. Yes. And tell us what other events you've got coming up. Well, uh, probably the next big event that's coming up is called uh, Sexy Syrah. And Sexy Syrah has been around so long <laughs> that it's in its 13th year. 
and it's over at Salty's and Elkai, and it's all wineries that make Syrah, but also, you know, wines that have Syrah in them or Rome varietals. Oh. So it's, we've kind of, you know, allowed it to spread Stand a little bit it, because yeah. sometimes you have 40 Syrahs, you need to have a little, you know, rosé or something in We've between. done that before, 40 yeah. Syrahs, yeah. or and maybe I, 130 <laughs> in a day. And I think you're going to be one of the esteemed judges at that, so... I'm like looking forward to it because, as you know, 13 years, I haven't had a chance to do that uh, but once. And uh, give our listeners a quick uh, download on how to get there. It's uh, Seattle Uncorked and the Sexy Syrah. Where do we get tickets at? Yeah, so it's at SeattleUncorked.com. And then you can basically, it links you to the charity. And the charity in this one is going to be for the General Scott Foundation, which uh, raises money for Children's Hospital. Fantastic. So 13th year in this, uh, in this one. And that one originally was for Fair Start. Um, but oh, now that's right. we've kind of switched Chefs it up. and all that. Yeah. yeah. So this well, this one is uh, April 30th, which is coming up. And then Fair Start is right behind that with Guest Chef Spectacular. Okay. Well, we're going to come back from this break and chat up uh, about David LeClaire's history, his events, and his take on uh, on making wine fun for the masses. Got Jeff Cox here, and we're enjoying uh, quite the find, his wine from PCC Natural Markets here on Happy Hour Radio. through 21st, the world is converging on Walla Walla. The world of Syrah, that is. Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, with winemaker panels, tastings, dining, and more. Compare Syrah wines from Casa Robles and Sonoma, California, Yara Valley, Australia, and over 60 Walla Walla wineries. Get tickets at wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Don't wait. Space is limited, and it's filling up fast. That's wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. The term dining experience is thrown around a lot lately. See if you think this one measures up to the billing. Four distinct venues, five extraordinary dishes, eight Washington wines, and three renowned chefs cooking, demonstrating, and pairing it all. Whatever you choose to call it, it's one extraordinary evening. Cellars and Skillets, a progressive dining tour through the heart of Woodenville Wine Country. Saturday, May 3rd. Reserve your experience at woodenvillewinecountry.com. Grab a stool. You're listening to Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country's Passport Weekend. Here's master mixologist Christopher Chan. Well, thank you, Don Pardo. I'm pleased to be here. Welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan. Excited about our upcoming guest, Monsieur Frederick Paniotis. He's the chef de cave. The cave chef uh, in the cellars of Champagne. He works for Runart, uh, Champagne Runart, and we're going to talk about his rosé wines, a little bit of the history there, and um, what he thinks about great champagne. Right now, it's uh, David LeClaire, the wizard of wine and the master of wine events. If you've been to a Dave, you haven't been to a David LeClaire wine event, you are missing out because they are so fun and they're always lots of girls. David, how do you do that? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's nothing I do. It's that women love to shop. And a wine tasting is basically glorified shopping. So you get to go around and try a little of this, try a little of that. And it's it's the most bizarre thing because men always want to meet women, but they fair, they rarely pull the trigger and buy a ticket in advance to go to a wine tasting. And that would be the easiest place to meet a woman. It doesn't matter which event. It's almost always 70% women that go to wine tastings. They love it. 
Gentlemen, I need your help because when I'm there, I tell you, I'm I'm taken and uh, happily taken. <laughs> and there's just uh, you know, there's way too many things to talk to uh, people to talk to, things to see and to sip. Jeff, you've been to one of David Declare's events or two, haven't you? I have, yeah, yeah. And you would say they're fun, aren't they? They are. They're great. And they always benefit um, an organization which is seeking to have some recognition, some exposure, and to generate some a couple bucks for their cause. Absolutely. And you talked about, so the last one's Sexy Syrah, and that is April... April 30th. April 30th, Wednesday night. So come on out to Salty's on Alki Wednesday. It's this Wednesday, so don't delay. And, oh wait, next Wednesday. It's the 30th. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we've got uh, Fair Start, which is a great event. I was just looking at this at Seattle Met mm-hmm. Magazine, the big the big ad in that. And um, Are you participating? Are you helping with that? Yeah. So what it is is that uh, we've basically been producing the wine element of that event. Uh, they take care of all the chefs. It's called the Guest Chef Spectacular. It used to be down at the waterfront. On the waterfront. used to have all the Rhone wineries uh, that would come up Rhone from California. Rangers, yeah. And they decided they kind of wanted to make it more local and so since they're doing local restaurants they wanted to use local wineries so we manage the that part of it just like we do at sunset supper it's not really our event but we bring in all the local wineries at pike place market for that that's cool um i have not yet been to sunset supper that's always in august yeah it's the, actually the day before uh, the auction of washington yes yeah, that friday night right. and i was always volunteering for some, some right. children's hospital event which is always fun so guest chef spectacular um, you know, I was thinking of going, and I said, gosh, I, I, if I go, I want to go VIP because just, you know, veterans of these events, um, I love the fact that they're so busy and crowded, but, you know, I... I <laughs> I want well, some VIP treatment. Well, you know, the one thing that is really important is having a flow. And whenever you do in a big event, you want to make sure that you don't get people jammed into places and it's uncomfortable and nobody can get in, get out, and talk. So this has now uh, been moved to the show box over down in Soto. And uh, matter of fact, after this, uh, we're, I'm going down to do another walkthrough to make sure that we have our logistics in place yeah. and that we spread people out far enough so that we the flow is, is comfortable. Okay, good. Classy. So what you're saying is that whether you get the VIP ticket or the general admission ticket at 6.30, you're going to have a good time because you're going to make sure we've got a good pattern of traffic flow, right? Well, yeah. And to me, it's really all about elegance. And sometimes at these events, you go in and there's so many people that just are jammed up in front of a table and they want to ask questions. You can't get near that winemaker if you want to. So I always try to make sure that there's a way that we can kind of manage it so that it's it's possible for people to access the, the winemaker. That's why they're there. They're not there just to taste wine. They want to talk. But you got to also be conscious of the fact there's other people behind you that also want to talk. That's right. So don't don't wear any perfume and don't dress up too much because it is a, a spectacular, but we want to keep the focus on the food and the wine and the breweries and distilleries. And uh, Jeff, you going to this event? I know. It's it sounding good. I might have to juggle it my It is calendar. really fun with the guests, with the chefs. And I remember on the waterfront, I loved it because it was a summer day. It was in June. You get this great breeze. We were lucked out with the sun most of the time. And... Uh, the Guest Chef Spectacular, that's a benefit for Fair Start, and they're all about helping um, homeless and, and what, they're trying to get in the culinary arts? Yeah, basically what it is is uh, there's a lot of like kitchens out there that just feed people for a day, but this is an opportunity for these folks to actually train to get a, a, a skilled job that they can then take care of themselves, and so they basically get them trained in the culinary world so they can go out and get a job. Yeah, Fair Start is a, a tremendous job, not only for, of, of course, their constituents, but really for the industry. I mean, they're a great resource. They're training them right, and um, 
to see the uh, you know we know that the wine industry is very has great camaraderie and uh, a great sense of community, but the the chefs in the culinary uh, industry has the same. I mean, that the Fairstart has those guest chefs coming down. They're doing dinners. Uh, they got a great lunch program, and it's almost lunchtime here on Happy Hour Radio. I'm getting hungry. So, uh, if you want to check out Fairstart's event, um, what's the website there, David? I think it's just fairstart.org. Okay, that's yeah. easy. Fairstart.org, which is interesting because on this poster I don't see it. It's not popping like the Washington distillery industry. But otherwise, hey, check out Sexy Syrah. Gentlemen, start your engines. It's Wednesday the 30th of April. Sexy Syrah at Salty's on Alki. And if you have a chance, you must find, uh, quite the find, that is. Check out these wines at PCC Natural Markets. Jeff Cox has done a tremendous job. I mean, the Chinook wine, Long Live the King's Red, is, is delicious. And this St. Shinian is uh, from the Languedoc region. Um, this is a polished wine. It's called Domaine La Madura. And uh, this is family-owned and operated. And um, it's truly a delicious wine. And you've got plenty enough to go around the stores? Got plenty. Oh, fantastic. Come get some. <laughs> well, that's great. I'll be going in. So, Jeff, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. And David DeClaire, the Wizard of Wine. We've got uh, Sexy Srob, the Fair Start Spectacular. And what's down? What else is happening? Uh, Rosé Revival's coming down the pike, and that's uh, down at uh, Ray's Boathouse, and that's going to be in June as well. Oh, perfect. See, this is it. So uh, sign up to SeattleUncorked.com and... Check out all the cool events that David DeClaire does, The Wizard of Wine, here on Happy Hour Radio. I appreciate you being here, David. Absolutely. Thank you. So um, here on Happy Hour Radio, we're going to be uh, looking to chat about happy hour. It's time we get out and enjoy some snacks, some bar food, and some great eats, and meet some people around Seattle, Ballard, Pacific Northwest. If you've got a great happy hour that you want me to try... Send me an email to ask at happyhourradio.net. We'll go check it out, and we'll talk about it on air. Um, but speaking of air, air is like bubbles, and bubbles always take me to champagne. Coming up next is uh, one of my great, well, one of my favorite regions in the world. This champagne, it should be yours, too. I've got Frederick Paniotis of Runart. Dot com, one of the oldest champagne houses. It's named after Dom Runart, who was actually friends and pals with Dom Perignon at the Abbey of Ovier in Champagne. Frederick Paniotis, welcome to Happy Hour. Bonjour. So I had the pleasure of meeting you at the uh, at uh, Stoneburner Restaurant in Ballard, which is a fantastic place, by the way, uh, for the Renart Champagne Tasting. And uh, that was one of the most uh, educational, fun, and when it's a warm, sunny day in Seattle, a beautiful venue uh, with sparkling wines and bubbles. Um, how did you get involved? Well, I'll ask that in a second, but let's talk about champagne. Give me the lowdown, the two-minute uh, brief on champagne, the region, and the wines. Well, I could say there is only champagne from Champagne, meaning that, you know, Champagne only comes from the Champagne region and because there are some great sparkling wines outside of our region. But, you know, really Champagne represents a unique uh, offer. Um, so linked to our terroir um, in the northern part of France, we consider the limit where we can grow grapes. And actually, I think the best wine we could do in our region is definitely, you know, wine with bubbles. And this is all the history about um, about about the region. And Rinar is really part of that history, being the uh, first established champagne house. So we also know, we also have the now, you know, the know-how. We've been making um, champagne for nearly 300 years, and that counts. You know, I don't think many regions can say that. 
Um, no, maybe Burgundy, but that's, they've gone through a little change, right? Well, they do different things, they do great <laughs> things. But, but that, that know-how translates into, you know, the art of blending, which is really part of the, uh, really the savoir-faire of the, um, of the, you know, the producers, whether they are grandma houses or, or whether they are growers, you know, we, we have that in our blood in a way. And, 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 and Champagne also has a, you know, um, magic name. I, I was once told, and I think it's true, that Champagne is the second most known French word in the world mm. after Paris. Oh, makes sense. And speaking of Paris, Champagne is just uh, northeast of Paris, a few hundred kilometers, or how close it's is like it? Like an hour and a half drive east, more than north, okay, but yeah, in east. that direction. Yeah, right. And uh, in the Champagne region, we're talking about uh, specifically three main varieties of grapes grown: Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier. And they have five or is it six regions now, which are distinct for Champagne. Well, you can even count up to fourteen sub-regions, depending how precise you want to be. Yeah, but I would say there are five main regions and uh, three main varieties, as you mentioned. Correction, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Meunier. We don't say Pinot Meunier anymore. Oh, just yeah? Meunier. This is, this is fairly recent. Okay. Well, I'll get, I want to be recent, so I love the education. Speaking with Frederick Paniotis uh, with Renard Champagne, where we were tasting yesterday at Stoneburner, um, the wines that go into Champagne before the bubbles. So tell us about that process. Well, it's, it's really, you know, I mean, obviously um, everything's uh, in the vineyard, you know, no matter what, you know, we as winemakers, what, if you want to make some great wines, you have to start with great grapes. So, so you really have to 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 understand that and even if we are experts at blending different vineyards different varieties different years together um you know it always goes down to to what the grapes can can give you but um having said that um i think part of the um part of the real specificity specificity and know-how of the uh of the of the uh, of the producers and especially the chef de cave uh would be the uh, expertise in blending so once the harvest is done, which usually takes place in September, uh, and the wine is going through uh, fermentations, then starting, I would say, late October, early November, we start um, assessing all of our base wines. So there are still wines, lots of acidity, still a bit of gas in them, cloudy, not very friendly. And as they're typically clear, right? They're not red or white. No, no, no. They are, exactly. That's a good point. We make um, champagne is, although rosé, we can talk about it, although rosé is becoming more and more important. The vast majority of the production is white wines, and the specificity that those white wines are made from black grapes, Pinot Noir or Meunier, so that's quite unusual. But um, So we would taste, you know, depending on how many tanks you have, but uh, at Renard it would be between 200 and 250, but it can be more for other, um, for other producers. So we would taste daily uh, between 10, 20, even up to 30 wines and uh, really assess them precisely several times. And, and after two, three, four months of thinking over them, we would start working on blending them together to achieve um, the style of the house, the style of each cuvee for uh, the vast majority of the production, which is non-vintage champagne. We actually sure. not, we blend also different years together in order to get the consistent style specific to the house. And this is the case at Ruinard for the, uh, the Blanc de Blanc, uh, which we have to make every year the same, even though the grapes don't taste the same every year. The Chardonnay can be, you know, riper or less ripe and greener and, and softer. So we have to achieve that consistency. And rosé, same thing. Plus, with the rosé, as you as you discovered yesterday, we also have to be consistent with the color, which is another element of complexity. I love that. So we've got white wine and pink wine. Let's come back after this break and chat about how we develop those wines to make them taste so great here on Happy Hour Radio. 
The term dining experience is thrown around a lot lately. See if you think this one measures up to the billing. Four distinct venues, five extraordinary dishes, eight Washington wines, and three renowned chefs cooking, demonstrating, and pairing it all. Whatever you choose to call it, it's one extraordinary evening. Cellars and Skillets, a progressive dining tour through the heart of Woodenville Wine Country. Saturday, May 3rd. Reserve your experience at woodenvillewinecountry.com. June 19th through 21st, the world is converging on Walla Walla. The world of Syrah, that is. Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, with winemaker panels, tastings, dining, and more. Compare Syrah wines from Casa Robles and Sonoma, California, Yara Valley, Australia, and over 60 Walla Walla wineries. Get tickets at wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Don't wait. Space is limited, and it's filling up fast. That's wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Grab a stool. You're listening to Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country's Passport Weekend. Here's master mixologist Christopher Chan. All right, and welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It's time for Bubbles. We're having a great time. It's a celebration here in studio with Frederick Paniotis from... Uh, Dom Brunard Champagne, and Frederick was just telling us about, um, well, he was speaking great French, because he can, uh, something said Blanc de Blanc, uh, and then Rosé. Well, tell us about the styles of Champagne, and what does Blanc de Blanc mean? Well, Blanc de Blanc is just um, white wine from white grapes, and basically in Champagne it means Chardonnay, but it could be other varieties in other regions, uh, if you were using other white varieties, as opposed to Blanc de Noir, which is a white wine made from black grapes. And as for Rosé, well, you know... I guess it speaks for itself. Um, a rose is a rose by any Roses are rose. But you can make them with different grapes. And in Champagne, actually, there is Champagne is, has a has a, a unique um, allowance in the European community. Champagne is the only region where rose can be made by either blending oh, red yes. wine and white wine. Obviously, the red wine has to come from Champagne, so it would be made with either Pinot Noir or Meunier, Pinot Noir Adrena. Um, and that's the, been the traditional way of making rosé champagne since the early 1800s. Um, the other way is would be maceration, uh, where you macerate, obviously, black grapes mm-hmm. for a couple of hours or even maybe up to one day, depending on how much color you want. And then get even pink juice and ferment the pink juice into pink wine. Right. So really, uh, to make bubbles, to make champagne, you have two wines, really, but it's really one wine. You start with making wine. And then you put it in a bottle, and then you add a little sugar, and that ha- adds the bubbles. So right, it's, uh, you had actually more than that. You had you have a steel wine to start with, which you bottle along with uh, yeast and sugar, because you know the yeast are like they're gonna make the the fermentation and and going to produce the uh, carbonic gas. Liqueur and actually, there's a, sorry, liqueur de expedition. Ah uh, no, this is the liqueur de tirage. Ah, tirage is the bottling. The liqueur d'expedition comes later when we disgorge the wine once we get rid of the deposit and then top it up with a bit of liqueur d'expedition. You know, they ought to make different Perfect. styles of champagne. Good. That's why that's I liked it. Because sometimes those, those mm. uh, phrases get mixed up. So we are in the bottle with the wine yeast. And how long does it sit there? How, and um, when do you decide that we've had enough bubbles or that it's time? Well, the bubbles come quite quickly. You know, the fermentation only lasts for like two, three months max. So uh, then you have a period of maturation on the yeast because it's going to be a contact between the dead yeast and the wine. Um, oxygen is going to also play a role in that evolution. You know, even though uh, the wine is, seems completely hermetic or completely sealed, there is still some exchange of gas between the outside and inside of, and, and, and you know inside the wine. I mean, inside the bottle of the wine. So um, usually for our non-vintage, it would be typically 
two and a half years. Uh, the low. The low requests minimum uh, 15 months. 15 months for uh, non-vintage or multi-vintage. Yeah. Uh, multi, yeah, and then three years for vintage. But our vintage, uh, like we had Don Winar um, yesterday, uh, Don Winar would typically spend, you know, eight to 10, even up to 12 years routinely uh, on the lease. Oh, and so when it's sitting on the lease, um, surly as it is in French, that adds what complexity, right? But how does that? It's called a, a chemical process called autolysis, right? And what are the flavors that the nuances that that autolysis brings to champagne? It it, it depends on the wine style, but typically uh, that autolysis would bring what we call the yeasty character because it's contact with yeast. But it, behind that, you know, generic term, I think you have a lot of toastiness that mm-hmm. that can come around. If you taste older champagne, that's what usually there the, the, the kind of flavor they will display um, you know more like honey toasted bread toasted dried fruits like you know uh, dry almonds or dry hazelnut and you know so, so they're very they're very appealing and very nutty very, toasty yeah does butter play a part I mean, you know that's people think about white wines chardonnays having butter but if a blanc de blanc they wouldn't be looking for butter it, notes per it se. depends on your style because butter would typically come from malolactic fermentation mm. which you can or promote or not uh, I think most producers and winaries uh, among them uh, do uh, promote uh, malolactic fermentation but then you can have more or less of that lactic character we don't like it too much here at Winar. we try to focus more on the expression of the purity of the fruit more than that creamy character but it can be lovely in other wines and um, champagne is a well, is it a is it larger than Bordeaux or is it smaller than Burgundy or where is it on the it's the actually scale? three times smaller than Bordeaux and just slightly bigger than Burgundy and they but they produce a lot of wine. Uh, we produce about one percent of the worldwide production of wine, so that's not that much actually. Wow, one per- you're, you're the one percent. We're the one percent. In Seattle, that means something here, <laughs> especially when we're speaking with about champagne. And I am here with Frederick uh, Paniotis of uh, Dom Renard, or is it just Renard? Which is Champagne Renard, but we uh, Dom Renard was the the monk who uh, you know inspired the creation of the house. So that's that's fine with that name. We love Dom Renard. And so the history with champagne, especially the the abbeys who had these religious figures, the Doms, um, they're the people who could write at the time, and they had plenty of time to make. Uh, wine and for their uh, religious ser- services and ceremonies, and so that all the uh, this wine is named after Dom Renard, and he had a f- uh, partner which is before or after him named Dom Perignon. Um, actually, they 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 lived about the same time. Uh, the Dom and actually Dom Renard uh, died where uh, Dom Perignon was the cellar master in Ovilé in the Abbey of Ovilé. So they they met at some at, at some stage. But Dom Renard was not a specialist in wine. He was more specialist in you know different topics. <laughs> Confession. <laughs> well, I don't, that I don't know, but uh, for sure he was uh, he was a very smart person and. Um, and yeah, the, the you know Dom was actually a nickname for when you when you were a f- famous, maybe not so famous, but uh, important, um, well um, connected, well written uh, monk, and 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 that's why you could become a Dom. So I guess Dom Dom Winner because he was a theologist, because he was a writer. And Dom Perignon because he was this famous, you know, cellarman. Uh, uh, so, right. so that's how uh, that's how uh, the legend of Champagne was created, in a way. So, if you want to go find uh, Dom Renard and Dom Perignon, they're lying next to each other in a little town called Ovier in the Champagne region. That's in the Côte de Blanc. That's in no, it's in the Vallée de la Marne. Vallée de la Marne, fabulous. I see you've bought two bottles of Champagne here, which means uh, uh, I should bring out some glasses. Uh, the one you have in your hand is the Brut Rosé Champagne. Um, let's talk about that, and while perhaps we is it chilled? 
It is chilled perfectly. How, what's the perfect chill for a sparkling wine? It, you know, again, it depends on people' preferences. My my own, my own preference for uh, pouring it would be about seven eight Celsius, which I think is about forty five forty seven uh, Fahrenheit. That's for that's for service. And then by the time you pour it, by the time you you know wait a few minutes before you drink it. Uh, it's going to bring it up to maybe about 50 degrees, which yes. I think is perfect to drink. Yeah, not too chilled because you'll lose some of the nuance of flavor. Yep. So um, let's let's have a taste of the uh, Brut Rosé, and, right. and um, let's sort of talk about it on air and understand why Brut Rosé is so fantastic. Just um, removing the cork. We love the sound, right? Oh, Yes. We do. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Pouring a beautifully pink. Ah. Now, this is real sound effects, people. That is not computer generated. Uh, and I will tell you that uh, the flavors won't be computer generated. It'll be fun. Haha. <laughs> So, uh, rosé champagne. You talked about two specific ways to uh, get the color in the in the wine. And which uh, which method was this wine? Uh, this is this Colored. is a blended uh, rosé. We use a red wine made uh, from you know 100% Pinot Noir, Premier Cru grapes. The reason we the reason we blend um, red and white wine is that because we use a lot of Chardonnay, which is maybe unusual for rosé, but Chardonnay is definitely the signature of the Rinard, um style. Chardonnay brings a lot of elegance, a lot of finesse, and what I what we call aromatic freshness. You know, very specific towards like beautiful citrus fruit, gives a great um, sort of a savory finish, you know, very cleansing, very refreshing. That makes champagne lovely to drink. And, 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 and you know, we love to have um, that style of champagne. So since we use 45% Chardonnay, we need to we need to definitely add red wine to get the color. I'll tell you, the uh, Dom Renard, uh Blanc de Blanc was the first wine that I really fell in love with uh, at my job when I was selling at the Rainier Club because it just had great complexity, those toasty notes. Um, and it was... Uh, um, it, it's like a tete de cuvee, but very affordable. It wasn't priced like a tete de cuvee. Yeah, the Don Winard? Well, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, mean this one. Which ah, one no, is that's this? the Blanc de Blanc. The Blanc that's de Blanc, the regular yes. Blanc de Blanc. Yes. Right, right, right. That's the one I fell in love with the first because I could afford that <laughs> to drink at home, which uh, is, is such a treat. And this rosé, so you said, what's the cepage here, the blend or the... There's 55% Pinot Noir, 45% Chardonnay, and out of those 55 Pinot Noir, about... 18, 19% is made specifically as red wine and added as such. And, um, you know, you get a beautiful color. It's quite intense in pink. We like to have that. Um, the red wine is made in a very light way. We don't want to extract too much. We want to keep mostly the flavors, but we don't want to get the tannins to give, you know, extra structure or astringency. Um, and the nose develops lovely flavors of fruit, you know, either berry fruit, but also more tropical notes like guava, lychee. Yeah, I like rose. the guava note here. Yeah, I think it's yesterday. quite obvious. Um, and then the palate is very, very subtle, very, very fleshy, um, good texture. I think the mousse is very well integrated into the wine. The mousse meaning the bubbles. The mousse meaning the bubbles. Yeah, yes. sorry for the French word. <laughs> this is not a hair product, and I wouldn't know about that anyway, so... Um, so when we're drinking champagne, we're enjoying champagne, what's the best stemware to use? I mean, I know it's great to see, come quickly, I'm seeing stars. Mm -hmm. We've heard that before with the flute. 
But um, some of these nuances, these aromas, don't they need a little more area to sort of be uh, enticed out of the wine? You are absolutely right. I think what we see more and more is a tendency to serve champagne not in those narrow flutes, which, yes, where you can see the bubbles and they look beautiful, but it's if you want to really enjoy the wine itself, uh, uh, you know, a nice white wine glass um, such as a Riesling glass or a Chardonnay glass are working perfectly. Yes, the Riesling glass is what I've just uh, I found at home. I found some, and I'm just loving it because they are tall and they're still very elegant. Mm. And uh, you get to see, admire the color a little more when you have a larger bowl. And this color is really a very pink salmon, which uh, most of Seattle and the Pacific Northwest should understand what pink salmon is. And how would you define this color, Frederick? Right. Yeah. And there is there is some. I mean, it's you know pretty intense pink, and uh, there are those very um, specific copper sort of hints, which are um, because of the aging you know this is a three fairly about three years uh, old wine and yes. so with the aging the rosé turns from like a bright pink to a more copperish mm -hmm. uh, sort of pink and this is what we have right now yes it's a lovely color and especially when you you can see um, you look at the it's still brilliant champagne mm. is, is is a brilliant clarity and the color just seems somewhat electric it's like polishing a little bit of a copper pipe or and having a little pink a uh, little coral to it um, the guava note makes me think of pink as well and uh, uh, Renard has three specific sparkling wines. You said you have the Blanc de Blanc, the Rosé, and the Dom Renard, which is the Tête du Québé, or the, the best blend. We also have a Dom Renard Rosé, which is coming into Washington State uh, fairly soon, I think, um, with the 2002 vintage. Um, yeah. Well, tell me, if we're looking online, what's the website to go investigate more of the uh, Renard champagnes? This oh, is, uh, there is a Renard website, www.renard.com, with, yeah, with a lot of information on you know, um, not only the wines, but also you know, the lifestyle around Renard. Um, Renard Say the lifestyle? Yeah, lifestyle. <laughs> but because Renard, okay, we, we are obviously a very, I mean, the older champagne house, and, and we've also been very much um, working along with artists since you know since many many years now uh, and and Renard has, has now uh, f done a lot of partnership with contemporary art fairs throughout the world so that's something that you can find as well if you're interested in arts uh, on the Renard website. So check it out we've got some great champagnes um, it's Renard.com R-U-I N-A-R-T dot com find their Blanc de Blanc their Rosé their uh, Dom Renard Blanc uh, Dom Renard is the vintage champagne and right. the Dom Renard Rosé. Rose. Frederick Paniotis, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Cheers. Cheers to you. Hey, coming up next week on Happy Hour Radio, I have Madeline Puckett of Wine Folly. She's going to share some more of those great infographics about wine tasting and such, as well as my friend sommelier Yashar Shayan from Impulse Wine. We're going to chat about his new wine retailer online and much, much more on Happy Hour Radio. Remember, folks, Life is always better with the designated driver. June 19th through 21st, the world is converging on Walla Walla. The world of Syrah, that is. Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, with winemaker panels, tastings, dining, and more. Compare Syrah wines from Casa Robles and Sonoma, California, Yara Valley, Australia, and over 60 Walla Walla wineries. Get tickets at wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Don't wait. Space is limited, and it's filling up fast. That's wallawallawine.com slash celebrate.